Hello and welcome to Gilead. My name is Soren and I'm the Office and Communications Administrator here. Usually we share our sermons from the past Sunday, but we're doing things a little differently this time. Our series in July has been Beef, Stories of Conflict. And on July 30th, we heard an amazing story from Errol McGlendon, and we wanted to share with you now. He hated us, and we hated him. We called him Mr. Frankenstein. He did have a slight resemblance to Boris Karloff. His name was Mr. Harpo. He lived behind my house across the street. My backyard looked across his backyard. His house faced the other way. And he hated that we kids would walk across his, front, his backyard. We could have walked down the street, four houses down to my best friend's house, Chris Partee's. We could have walked down the alley, but we knew it pissed him off. So we walked through his yard. Now, we didn't destroy any plants. We didn't walk on anything other than the path that led to the garbage cans. And three more houses down through the backyard, we were at Chris's. But he would come out yelling and screaming and cussing us. He would throw tennis balls at us, and his aim was pretty good, and they hurt. And over this two-year period, while we were in elementary school, he would regularly, every few weeks, call my parents. They would call me in and say, don't walk across his yard. And I'd say, Mom, we were on the street. We were down the alley. We were on the curb. We weren't. And there were no iPhone photos to prove anything during that time. <laughs> but we cut across his yard every chance we could get. And twice he called the cops on us. They came to my house. And they'd call me in the living room. I'd sit down and say, we were in the alley. We were on the sidewalk. We were by the curb. He's crazy. And they'd go away. We hated him. He hated us. I'm sitting in my room doing my homework. My window overlooked my backyard. Across the street was his backyard, his house facing this way. And I saw Mr. Harpole sitting in a chair, in his lawn chair, in his lawn furniture. And something wasn't right. He was talking but there was no one there and I watched him try to get up and he stumbled and fell back into the chair I called my father my mother was out running errands and my father said go over there immediately I did and I started to step into his yard and I was sure this was a ploy to get me into his yard so he'd have closer range for his tennis balls, that he was going to leap up and curse me out and throw tennis balls at me, but he didn't. He wasn't even aware that I was there. So I walked up and sat beside him, and he was talking, but I couldn't understand what he was saying. And when he tried to get up, I realized his legs weren't supporting him, and his arm, his right arm, wasn't able to push himself out of the chair. I went back and called my father, and he said, stay with him. I'm calling an ambulance. And we sat there. I sat there with him while an ambulance came, and they loaded him up and sent him away. I went back and called my father, and he said, go back, go into the house, and if you can, if it's unlocked, and make sure it's secure, I'm going to call his daughter. I never thought Mr. Harpole had a daughter. I went in the house. I didn't touch anything. I wouldn't get a glass of water or anything. 
I still thought this was some sort of trap. In about 20 minutes, there was a knock on the door, and there was Jay Pilgrim. Mr. Pilgrim ran Jay's department store in Cleveland, Mississippi. It's where I'd bought clothes for school since I was in school. I didn't know why he was there, but he said his wife had gone to the hospital to find out about her father. Jenny Pilgrim was Mr. Harpo's daughter. We sat down, and Mr. Pilgrim asked me to tell him exactly what I had seen and heard that day. And in telling the story, I explained to him that as I was about to step foot in the yard, I was afraid Mr. Harpo was going to jump up and cuss me out and yell at me and throw things at me. And then Jay Pilgrim told me the story of the yard. Forty years before, when Mr. and Miss Harpo bought this plot of land, which was nothing but farmland back then, they had to clear it. There was cane that had to be dug up. There were weeds that were three feet high. And they built their home there. And Mrs. Harpo loved the garden. She created it from nothing. And over the years, it regularly won Garden of the Month Award through the summertime. It wasn't Mr. Harpole's thing. He just let her do it and create this beautiful garden. But when she passed away eight years before, it became his thing. A memorial, a shrine, a sacred space to his wife. And I suddenly realized why we kids walking through it was a sacrilege. Two weeks later, I come home from school, and my mother tells me Mr. Harpole is back home, and he wants to talk to me. And I'm sure it's to cuss me out because I came into his yard. I go over, and he's pouring iced tea for us clumsily with his left hand. And I can understand him, but his speech is different. And the first thing he says to me is, you saved my life. <laughs> and I laughed because it sounded like some line from a movie. It seemed too dramatic. But now as an adult, I realized he had had a stroke, and I, I might have. And so I told him I was sorry we had ever walked through his yard, and I would promise we would never do it again. He poured another glass of iced tea. It was less awkward this time. And he asked me if I wanted a job. He offered me a job working in his yard, helping him keep it up. And for the next three years, until Mr. Harpo went into a nursing home, I was there a couple of times during the late spring and early fall, a couple of times a week after school, during the summer a couple of times, three times, doing all kinds of things while Mr. Harple sat in his lawn chair and pointed out things to do. Occasionally he'd get up and clip a, a branch that I hadn't done exactly right or point to a weed that I had missed. I did a lot of things in doing the tending of his yard over those next three years, a lot of different jobs. But the one that was most important to me was keeping the sanctity of this sacred space and running off anyone who tried to walk through it without an invitation. Thank you.
This is the word of God for the people of God. 